0: You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to My Victory Church. Let's welcome everyone that's joining us online, live right now. Give them a big hand. Put in the chat where you're watching from. I've got the comments right in front of me, and I would love to say hello and see where you're all watching from. Put in that chat as well. Today, we are actually in six physical locations. Come on, Lord, let's listen to this. We're in Tabor, normal, Clare's Home, Okotoks, Lloydminster, Lethbridge, of course. But today, we are also in Medicine Hat. We have Bridge Church. Come on. Give them a big hand. We have Bridge Church Medicine Hat joining us today, and uh, this is just a, a one-time thing this week. We we are that's a sister church of ours, and we love our relationship that we have with a Bridge Church in Medicine Hat. They're the ones that have kind of launched My City Care uh, in in Medicine Hat. That's going crazy. But today they had uh, some um, of their staff that actually had to go into quarantine and isolating, and so they just messaged us and said, "Hey." could we be one of your campuses for the day and join online so come on give them a big hand pastor david shy I love you guys And welcome. All right. Where are we watching from? We got Lori watching from Coldale. Uh, We got uh, Berkeley watching from all the way from West Lethbridge. Come on. We got Tom in Sylvan Lake. That's a relative, right? You're just kidding. Yeah, of course that is. Hey, Tom. Good to see you. We got uh, Peggy and Tom watching from there. We got uh, Charlene from Nobleford, Deborah from Delta, B.C., uh, hey, Sean, good to see you. Robin, uh, and the Roth campus. That's the, the Roth campus, all the way from Westside Lethbridge. Whoa, we got Coalhurst. We got uh, uh, Listwell, uh, well, Ontario. We've got uh, Vulcan. We've got Surrey, BC. We've got Provost, Alberta. We have. Merry Christmas to you as well in High River. It does feel like Christmas. We got Camrose. We've got uh, uh, what else? We got Edmonton. Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Good to see you. Uh, We've got uh, Nova Scotia. Claussen's from Nova Scotia. Love you guys. Uh, We've got what else? We got. This is moving all over fast. We'll get awesome. Isn't it so good? Skipping all over, so cool that we get to be one big family. You guys are very much a part of our church and excited for part four, our conclusion of uh, resilience. And in this series, if you're just joining us, uh, you're at the end of the movie. I'll do my best to catch you up. But in this series, we've been kind of walking through the book of Job, and and an obscure book in the Bible that that really is... um, not chronologically placed in the Bible. If it was chronologically placed, it would have been at the probably fourth or fifth chapter of Genesis. It's Job it was way before, right at the beginning. Chronologically, but it's placed in the wisdom literature because there's so much wisdom that we can learn from the book of Job, especially on how to be resilient, which is what we're uh, theming this, this series on, but how to be resilient in ambiguous times or in times where we just don't understand because it's one thing to be resilient and to stand strong and to persevere when we understand the purpose of something, when we know why something's happening, you can brace yourself and, and endure, it, it, that's, isn't that true? But it's a whole lot different to endure and to be perseverant in, in times when you're ambiguous, when you don't know the reason why something's happening, when you've got all the questions: Why this happening to me? And it's unfair. And how come? And wh- what's going on? And when we don't know, it's a, you know, it's it's difficult to, to persevere. Well, Job gives us a lesson on how to. Persevere when we don't know. Job did not know why all of a sudden, in one day, we learned this in chapter one, all of a sudden, in one day, He lost everything. And and by what I mean by everything is he had one servant show up and announced to him that, you know, he lost uh, in a freak, you know, uh, raid. He lost basically all of his servants and and most of his wealth stolen. And while that servant was still speaking, another one showed up and and announced another, uh, you know, tragedy. And while that one was still speaking, another one showed up and announced another tragedy. And while that one was still speaking, a fourth one showed up and announced that, that a freak windstorm had taken out his entire, uh, all of his children and, and his, his basically his entire family. In one day, Job lost all of his wealth, all of his, his employees, all of his family, all of his kids, all 10 of his kids in one day. And I mean, grief stricken, he tore his clothes, shaved his head, hit the deck. I, and I, I can understand that. But it says that he hit the deck, hit the ground, and he worshiped. He worshiped God. And that response is convicting for me and i'm I'm sure it is for many of you as well that there's let's a, a one thing to worship God in seasons of, of, of goodness and saying god i I worship you your your evidence is all around me you're so good, and thank you God, for what you're doing and and we we resort to praise in those situations, but we forget that worship and this is what job knew and this is this is how we get how he had resilience is that is that Job knew that worship is a weapon. That what worship does is it gets our eyes off of what's happening around us and it gets our eyes up To seeing that God is so much bigger, that he's never left the throne, that the throne is not unoccupied, that he's in charge, that he is good, and that he is where our hope comes from. The writer of Hebrews said he is a hope that is an anchor that we can lean on no matter what it will not give out. There's lots of things that we can hope in. If Job hoped in his wealth, it gave out. If he hoped in in, in, in uh, you know ever, the servants always being there and, and always having it, everything that he wanted, it, all the circumstances aligning, it it gave out. If he was hoping in putting all of his hope in his family, he lost it all. And yet he turned and he chose to turn and lean on an anchor that would not give out. Chapter two. You know, the devil came back as the devil in chapter one was the one who asked God permission to to take, you know, to take Job out and said, if I remove all of that, you know, your blessing from him, you know, devil had to stand in line, ask God, if you remove all of your blessing, he's going to curse you. That's the ultimate goal. That's what the devil wanted was Job to curse God, to create a separation between, between Job and God. And that's still his main tactic. When you're going through something, anything, circumstantial, the devil wants to use that to cause you to doubt God, question God, which is not a bad thing, but to separate yourself and to withdraw in your relationship with God. So the devil will use things like COVID, to get us to back off in our relationship with God or to to begin to separate and and walk away from from God. And how come God didn't deliver? And when when you don't get an answer to prayer that you expect in the time that you expect it, you begin to to back off and and cool off in your relationship with God. That's That's the devil's ultimate goal. And when it didn't work, he lines up again in chapter two and says, well, you know, if, if you remove Job's health, surely he's going to curse you this time. So God says, have your way, just spare his life. And, and Job loses his health and goes through extreme pain to where it was more comforting for him to take broken pieces of pottery and scrape you know, his his sores than than it was to endure the pain. And he's in incredible pain. And his wife says, curse God and, and die. She broke. And Job's response was, should we accept just good from God and not trouble? In other words, in other words, God is seated at a much higher place. And I don't understand why this is happening to me. And Job thought that God was doing this to him. And yet, even in thinking that God was doing this to him, Job wasn't right in that. But even in thinking that God was doing this to him, Job still trusted God. Wow. Resilience. Now, resilience is the virtue that enables people to move through hardship and become Better, And I've been saying that through this whole thing, and, and so far we haven't seen Job become better. It's just become worse for him. And, and, but at the same time, Job's resilience is, is remarkable and, and inspiring, and ultimately his trust in God is something that, okay, there's no wonder God called him the most righteous man on the earth. And to be honest, I'm like, I don't know if I had lost everything that Job lost. I don't know that I would still trust God in the same way. I don't know if that I would still worship God in the same way. Uh, And yet, because Job made it through there, we can say it is possible for us to be able to do that. But Job, and this is what resilience is, is the ability to bend but not break. Job did really bend. And we hadn't seen him bend so far. But Job did bend. And and actually, uh, in fact, from Job chapter 4 to Job chapter 38, that's 34 chapters, we see him questioning God. And and questioning God, you know, oftentimes, we think and we automatically assume that if we question God or we doubt God or we get angry with God, we think that that's somehow unspiritual. And we feel like, we feel guilty for questioning God. Have you ever done that? You ever felt that? Like, feel like, man, if I question God, if I doubt God, I'm somehow unspiritual. If I get angry with God. Yet the psalmist did all the time. And for 34 chapters, Job lit into God and had questions for God. And questioning God isn't unhealthy. It's in fact, I believe it's healthy. And here's why. It means you understand God. That he knows your thoughts and your feelings anyway. So why hide them from him? Right? It's more healthy in a relationship. Let's, let's just be honest. In a marriage relationship, if you know something is wrong with your spouse and they won't talk to you, does that draw you closer to them? No, Yeah, I mean, it, it creates a wedge. In the same way, if we withhold from God and we've got a problem, he knows our thoughts. His ways are higher. He knows our thoughts. And if we withdraw from him, I mean, that's not healthy. That Questioning him is saying, okay, God, you know anyway, that's not an unhealthy thing. That's a healthy thing. And God was patient with Job, questioning him for 34 chapters. But eventually, God had enough. And he responded. And here's how he responded. Look at this. Job 38, uh, verse 3 says this. Brace yourself like a man. Oh, when God is quiet for all that time and then he, his first words to you are brace yourself like a man that, if anybody says that to you that's not good if God says that to you oh man because I'm thinking Job's like what? <laughs> what else can you do to me? that's what I would have responded anyway like brace yourself like a man you mean it's going to get worse? Uh. Brace yourself like a man. Now, he had been attacked physically, like all the rest of it, and now God is going to do something. And Job's been asking God and asking God and asking God questions. And look at how God responds to the questions. I will question you. No, no, God. I want you to answer me. Tell me why. I deserve this. Tell me why I'm going through all this. But God says, I will question you, and you will answer me. No, 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 wait. No, 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 this is backwards, God. I'm questioning you. I want you to answer me. God says, no, no, I'm going to give you questions. But God doesn't, God's not giving Job answers. He gives him questions. Not because God needs answers from Job and doesn't know. But because Job needs answers. Do you ever notice Jesus, whenever they asked him questions, would always respond with a question? And here's why. God, in in many ways, responds like a parent in this way. Because, I don't know, how many of you have, you know with your children, you've told them, you know, do something. um, And their first response is, why? (laughs) Nobody else? That's just my children? Okay. Um, and and so you tell them to do something, and, and they reluctantly do it, and all the rest of it. But then you have to tell them again, and you have to tell them again, and they have to tell them again. But but it's it's always better when they get the revelation as to why you're asking them to do something, or, or they get you know they get the purpose of something, and suddenly they, you don't they don't you don't have to ask anymore because they understand. Isn't that just like that's like you can hear angels sing, ah. like it's like wow, that's that's amazing. And, and this, is the, this is the same thing with God. The reason why God asks questions is not because he needs the answers. It's because we need the revelation. And by asking a question and we come to the answer, we, when we come to the answer ourselves, it's a deeper meaning. It's a deeper revelation. So God's asking Job questions because Job needs the answers, not God. Job needs the revelation. Job needs the answer. So look at the questions that God asks him. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it on what were its footings set or laid its cornerstones. And while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, where were you? I mean this is thousands of years ago and we're still with all the technology we have we still cannot and scientists still cannot figure out how there's a perfect balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide and a perfect that the earth is on this you know specific perfect access and its perfect distance from the Sun that we're not burning up and we're not freezing up well we're in I don't know where you're watching around the world but it's it's you know, we're at the end of April and I'm still wearing jackets and hoodies because anyway, global warming, please come. Anyway, uh, just just saying. <laughs> but, but hey, we, but, but all this that sustains life and the perfection of all this thing, and God asked Job, where were you? And and God's asking us questions because he wants to see something. And God is trying to get Job to see that he is the highest form of intelligence, that he is ways. As as Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can Can I just be real with you? To be honest, I've always hated this verse. Because to me, it sounded like an excuse for not having an answer. That whenever I went to a pastor or to a, a you know, church leader or to a Christian, you know, further me and asked, why is this happening to me? What's going on? You know, and they would always answer, well, God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I'm like, that's an excuse for you have no idea. Doesn't it sound like an excuse? Well, his ways are higher than my ways. yeah. You'll never know. Or it sounds like I'm on a need to know basis with God and I just don't need to know. That's frustrating, isn't it? But I, what I think Isaiah is saying and what I think God's trying to get across through Isaiah is that just because it doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Did you hear what I said? But just because it doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. And how many times in our life does something happen to us and then it doesn't make sense in the moment. But when we look back on it, we're going, wow, God's hand was all over that. And now it makes sense when I see it in the past. Well, now that I see what God was up to. But in the meantime, in the middle of it, it doesn't make sense to me. But just because it doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Because where you sit, I talked about this last week, where you sit determines what you see and what you see determines what you do. And his ways are, he's seated in a higher place. I'm seated in a lower place. And so my perspective, I can only see a limited distance because he's seated higher. He sees the big picture and I'm just seeing what's in front of me. So God says, I'm going to question you, Job. And then God says, and you will answer me. Not not a suggestion. You will answer. So Job has to reply. So look at how Job replies. Job 42. He says, I know that you can do all things. And no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Uh, If I was to ask all of you believers, are all things possible with our God? I'm pretty sure that all of you would say, yes, absolutely. Job's saying, God, I I know you can do all things. I know with you all things are possible. And I think as we as believers, we can say, yeah, well, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He's God. Yeah, we can believe that. But the the reality is that when it comes to our own needs and our own situations, we know that God can do all things, but we're not so certain that he will on our behalf. And that's where the doubt comes in. That's where the fear comes in. That's where the question comes in. So Job starts off and says, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So he's like, I know, I know, I know. And at this point, Job hasn't said anything revolutionary. Anything... Remarkable. Then he says, and you asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? And and, and then Job says something. This is where it gets amazing. He says, surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. In other words, I'm not seated at the same level as you are. I'm not, I didn't see things as you see. You said, listen now, and I will speak, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Now listen, 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 listen. listen. Job, this, is, this acknowledgement in, this, in these verses is, is remarkable, and you can't miss it. Because God didn't give Job, in the questions, in the revelation, in the conversation here, God didn't give Job certainty about the situation. But he did give him certainty about him. Did you catch that? God didn't give Job the answers of the situation, of the circumstance. He didn't give answers about it. He gave him certainty about him. And here is the theme of the book of Job. When you are in seasons where you are uncertain about what you don't know, lean on what you do know. And who you know. And and here's here's the the theme verse of the entire book of of Job. And it's my favorite verse in the book of Job. And, And honestly, this might be my favorite verse in the entire Old Testament. Because the revelation in this one verse, and we can read it, you know, we can read it and, and, and miss the revelation. But this is this is amazing. Because remember, Job 1:1 says Job was the most righteous man on earth, and you know, highly favored with God, and, and you know, sinless, and in many ways, like you just say, like he, he was righteous. He was right standing with God. And then God said it three times in the first, you know, two chapters about how good jo- Job was, how righteous Job was. But Job's own acknowledgement after having gone through everything that he's gone through, after questioning God from Job 4 to Job 38, after having God speak back to him and ask him, you know, where were you when I laid the foundations? Where were you? And all these things. Job all of a sudden has an aha moment. And this revelation is one I need you to get because this is the secret of resilience right here. Here it is. Job 42, verse 5. My eyes had heard of you, but now, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. In other words, I knew about you, but through all of this, I now know you. It's amazing, is the devil started out to destroy Job in order to cause him to curse God. And instead, Job went from knowing about God to knowing him intimately. And, and, and here's, here's what, how it translates for you and me. Because here's where many of us, we question God in, in situations... And we, we pull away from God and we pull away from relationship with God. And, and here's why we, you know, we question what we can't hear from God and where is God and what's going on? And here's why. Here's why. This is what Job teaches us is that too often we're looking for Job, or we're looking for God to move out here in our it, in our circumstance, in, 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 in what's going on. And we're looking for the hand of God to deliver us from it. And we're looking for God, for his certainty out here. And we're looking out here. And in the meantime, while we're going through it and looking for God out here, he's right here working in here. And he's, he's, he's doing, and while we're looking out here, he's right here. While Job was looking for the deliverance of God and looking for answers, how come you're allowing it? God didn't give him certainty of where he was out here. He says, no, where were you? He says, who, I, who am I? And he gave him certainty about him. And Job's revelation was, ah, I have heard about you because of what I'd seen at church. I had heard about you because of the miracles I'd I'd read. I had heard about you because of what I read in the Bible. I had heard about you because of the miracles out here and, and all the rest of it. But now, but now, having gone through it, I know you. For you and for me, God's more concerned about this relationship. Here's today's takeaway. What if the secret to living a resilient life isn't waiting for God to move for you, but instead allowing him to work in you? And just in case you interpret what, I, what I'm saying as God doesn't care about what happens to you, okay, I, I, that's not our God. And just in case you, you think, because God happens out here too. And God cares about out here too. But just not, not as much as what's happening in here. But just in case you interpret that and in saying, well, does that mean that God doesn't care what happens to me? You need to read the end of Job. Because God is, is, a, God is a good parent. God is a good God. At the end of Job... This is what it says. Verse 10, chapter 42. After Job had prayed for his friends, I I, I need you to go into your Bibles, underline, circle, highlight the word after. After Job had prayed for his friends, wait, 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 wait. After Job had prayed for his friends, Job had lost everything. His health, His family, his wealth, Job had nothing to give. Nothing to give. And yet, through his hell, he still prays for his friends. And this is another key to resilience, by the way. If you're going through something and you feel like you have nothing left to give, sometimes the greatest healing happens when you give but I got nothing. You can pray. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. You don't think God doesn't care about this? I'd, 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 what I'd love to know is I'd love to have the end of Job, because just it's just me and my competitive nature, I'd like to know where the devil is now. You were standing in line before devil. Now you're sulking in the corner. Because your plans did not work as much as he had before and all of job's brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house and they comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the lord had brought on him they still think it's the lord that did this and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring and the lord blessed the latter part of job's life more than the former So when you're in a season of uncertainty, don't focus on the uncertainty of it. Focus on the certainty of him. I don't know why COVID's happening. I don't know why we're still in lockdowns. I don't know why. I'm, I'm as tired of this as you are. Let's not focus on the uncertainty of it. What I do know is he's still on the throne. What I do know is he's still a good God. What I do know is he does care about this. And don't allow this to separate you from him. This is a time to push in like never before in the certainty of him. Amen. We need you god we need you more than ever and god i pray that in this time of uncertainty lord i pray that we wouldn't withdraw we wouldn't with, withhold we wouldn't we wouldn't pull back lord god and it, we you allow us to question it's not a problem that we are questioning you it's not a problem that we're seeking but god i pray that in this season we would have the resilience of job that we would be able to seek you and find you at another level god that we would not just know about you we would know you Good God. And Lord, I pray for each one in this room, each one online. Lord, we're looking for you, we're seeking you. And God, you're not playing hide and seek. Lord, you want to be found. And I pray this would be our moment to find you, not just know about you, but know you. here today and you don't yet have relationship with Jesus life brings enough trouble on its own don't walk through trouble without an anchor to lean on that will not give out no matter what and the writer of Hebrews said that anchor is our Savior And all you need to do to begin relationship with him is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is God, and we're going to do that right now in a prayer. I'll lead you through. And if you believe what you're praying is true and you believe that Jesus rose again from the dead, right here, right now, you begin relationship with him. And you get to know him, his goodness. Let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. If you're watching online, pray with all your heart and your meaning. In this room, pray with all your heart. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God, my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs for accepting me just as I am, I give my heart to you, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, everyone else's eyes are closed, could you just lift up your hand give me a wave and say, yeah, Pastor, I prayed this prayer the first time I want to begin a relationship today with Jesus. You am going to look around the room. Just give me a quick wave. Hey Amen. Awesome. Hey Amen. Isn't God good? Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you would like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv.